Welcome back if you're familiar and welcome if you're new. I'm your host, Chad Hostack. Today, I am going to talk about desire. On this podcast, I talk a lot about going after what you want and what you need and what you should in life and avoiding what you shouldn't, avoiding what you don't need, and avoiding things you don't want. Now, we're still in the series, despite this being the 11th or maybe even 12th episode of general commentary. Just a quick side note, like, the, like when I'm... Once I have my next series planned, I'll do it. Like once I have it, once I'm fully able to commit to it because it's good enough, I'll do it. Um, doing daily podcasts is allowing me to grow my audience and get new viewers, and also provide my regular ones daily content. And sometimes I do. You know, I'm a little bit naughty. I I, I put a extra episode in a day. But the reason I don't do that too often is because I don't want you to get sick of me. Familiarity can breed contempt. Um, so, you know, I'm just trying to be responsible, but I'm also trying to have fun and give value, and I love it. And I'm really grateful for those of you who tune in regularly. And if you're new, I hope you like what I have to provide. Going back to what I was saying, um, you know, I, I, I want to talk about the other side of the coin, Right? And every time I'm done with a series, I would like to do general commentary unless I already have a new series planned. And the series I do are 10 or less episodes. The general commentary, this is the first season of general commentary where it's random, random commentary. Um, I'm not going to put a limit on it yet. I'm going to continue to do it because I want to fulfill daily episodes as I... Um, construct the next series, which may be my 10 rules for life. Not to be a copycat of Dr. Jordan B. Pearson, but I, I have my way of living life and I'm happy every day, or at least most days. I have a constant state of Zen ambition. I'm making progress and achieving things. I believe I have ground to stand on to do such a series. Um, and I'm always talking about like, do what you want, you know, just do you. Well, Wanting can be dangerous, and I want to talk about that. So let's let's get into today's episode. So we're talking about desire, and to want is to desire. They're synonymous. You can Google that if you like. I Googled it, and I found out they're synonymous, and I'm going to treat it as such, even if you can prove it wrong. So um, let's, for this episode, treat them as synonymous. I will be using both different words within this episode. And this is scripted. I wrote talking points for this. This is a really important thing for me to get across. To want is to desire. We can want big and small things. We can want a really expensive MacBook as a big thing. Or we can want small things like heating up a cup of tea. There's almost no limits to wanting something. We can want we can want things that are currently impossible, like effective time travel and living on a different planet. We're allowed to want things that we can't have. And that and the thing is, like wanting is somewhat idealistic. I, I I'm not sure if that's fully true, but at least it can be true, right? Like wants can be idealistic. Like we could want something. That's impossible. And 
We're also allowed to want practical things, things that we can have, things that we can achieve. And like I said, like my favorite quote uh, from Alexander the Great in a previous um, series, the top quotes that shape my worldview, I, he, Alexander the Great said something like, nothing is impossible to he who tries. So if you can make time travel possible in this era, that'd be super cool. Like within my lifetime, that'd be cool. If you could do it at all, that'd be cool. And I highly encourage that because I think you can make a lot of money and I think you could improve the chances of humanity surviving. Nonetheless, um, we can want bigger, small things, idealistic or practical or pretty much anything. You know, it, and it has a correlation, if not, and if not, is synonymous with wishful thinking. Like when we want something, we wish we had it, right? Wanting less or nothing causes Zen. When simply being is enough for you and you have few wants, you have more peace. Being content with what you have. How we define ourselves determines if we have both Zen or ambition. So for me, I define myself by how well I try my performance. And I have Zen with my being. And I also have wants because of my clear purpose to create. So I want to create. So the more I act on my wants, big or small, the more my ambition grows. And the more I want to succeed, the more my ambition grows. It's really cool. And I still have a constant state of Zen because of my acceptance of things based off how I define myself. That's my logical structure of that. If there's inaccuracies, I'm sorry, but that's what makes sense to me. Philosophical questions. What should we want? What shouldn't we want? What does it mean to want? Should our desires be stronger than us? Or should we, or should we be stronger than our desires? I have yet to answer some of these questions for myself. And I encourage you to reflect and answer them for yourself. No matter how long it takes, I'm going to try to do it. And no matter how long it takes, you should attempt to do it. I believe you'll learn a lot about yourself and even have an encounter with yourself, an experience with yourself. And an experience with reality and life, perhaps. Sometimes. Sometimes getting what we want is the best thing for us. An example from my life is that one of the things I wanted most in life, if not the highest thing I wanted, was to feel like I mattered to somebody besides myself in a romantic sense at my worst. My previous ex-girlfriend gave that to me over four years ago. And we broke up because we had a Romeo and Juliet situation. Her network and friends, I mean, her family and friends did not work, didn't like me. And vice versa for my network and friends and family didn't like her. And we had differences about where we wanted to live and what we wanted to do with our lives. So we broke up and that's okay. I think Kylie Laver and I wish her well. I got what I wanted. She gave me something I wanted. It was something I didn't even know that I wanted. And also, in contrast, sometimes getting what we want is the worst thing for us. Let's say, for example, that you wish somebody would die. And then you find out they died in some way. They got hit by a car, they got murdered, something happened to them, and they died. And then getting what you want 
makes you cringe at yourself and feel shame. Because what you wanted was something that brought out the worst in you and you got what you wanted. What we want says a lot about who we are and it says a lot about what kind of people we are and, and who we are to ourselves. You know, so it's important to understand wanting isn't always like a good thing. Sometimes we want the worst things that, that come from the worst part of ourselves. And there's philosophical dilemmas to this. You know, what should we want? What shouldn't we want? What does it mean to want? Should our desires be stronger than us? Or should we be stronger, stronger than our desires? Or is it just certain desires we should be stronger than because they're going to bring out the worst in us and do bad? And is it the desires that bring out the best in us and do good that we should have stronger than us to drive our ambition, perhaps? You know, wanting is a very powerful thing. Wishing is a very powerful thing. That's why they always say, be careful what you wish for. It might come true. You know, be careful what you want because it will tell you about yourself if you get it. You know, and who could blame somebody for wanting someone to die if they abuse them, right? There's a lot of different ethical ramifications to it as well. <coughs> It's not just the subjectivities of us obtaining something. It's also, does obtaining what we want, how does that affect the rest of the world or even just other people in proximity? Like, what does it say about us what we want? Especially like sexual desire, you know, sexual wants. Are they legal? Is there a safe legal way you could practice such a thing? You know, there's a lot of shame around sex and there's a lot of shame around things we want. Like there's some people who grow up in a family that want them to go to college to be a doctor or a lawyer or a real estate agent or something practical, right? But they want to be a filmmaker instead, something impractical and not worthwhile in the job market perhaps. And so the family puts shame on them. You know, just like, well, that's innocuous, but, or in my opinion, it's innocuous. And when it comes to sexual desire, it's not so innocuous. You know, depending on the fetish. And so, you know, that's why we have to be analytical about what we want and also ethical about it. Analytical in understanding what we want and what we don't want. And ethical in like, you know, what should we want and what shouldn't we want? And what does it say about us? And are these things that we can work on and repair and fix and treat or remedy or even cure? You know... Um, I'm not saying we should define ourselves by what we want, but I'm not saying we should define ourselves by what we want. I'm saying we should look at how our wants could shape us and could also shape the world, how our wants affect us and how our wants affect the world. And when you think about it, like certain wants can be more powerful and desirous in other people than say us. Like, for me, I like sex. I think it's fun, and I want it sometimes. But I'm not like an incel who deeply fixates on it and obsesses about it and then hates women for not wanting to be with them because they're not the type of man that they would want to lay with, right? Like Elliot Rogers, for example. And he ended up murdering people because he couldn't get what he wanted, and it was something that would be trivial to me, you know, such as sex. But it was worthwhile enough to him that it was worth, you know, murdering people and destruction 
and destroying the lives of other people and causing despair. I don't think anyone's wants should cause such a thing or anyone's actions or thoughts or words. Or, I don't think anything should cause such a thing. And so, I mean, that's my interpretation of Elliot Rogers and his motivations. That's my interpretation. That's my interpretation of that kind of thing. And, you know, I think that incels are the products of failed fathers, like Coach Redpill said, Gonzalo Lear, who he has had the most impact on my worldview, by the way, if you haven't read the description to my podcast. Um, you know, our parents are supposed to teach us how to incorporate ourselves into the world. And for some people, they don't learn pickup. For some people, they don't learn to date. For me, I had to learn through books and YouTube channels to learn how to properly date. And I always try to be as ethical as I can be on the dates, of course. Like, I don't want to manipulate somebody into liking me. I, I want to have fun on a date. My dating strategy is meet women in the same vicinity of where I have fun, like a bookstore or the gym or something like that. And if they're a fun conversationalist, I exchange numbers. And then I use the texting to set up the date, you know, the following weekend or something like that. And then I most likely have fun with them as per my results. And then if we like each other enough, um, we do the deed. You know, so there's a there's a right way and a wrong way to date. And I think ethics should always be applied. And so, you know, like, I want sex, but I've had sex with 15 different women to this day, multiple different times. And it's not all it's cracked up to be. But to some people, their wants... Like, they might be hardwired, perhaps, like, genetically wired to want that more than me. Or maybe they just subjectively on their own volition consciously choose to want that more than me. Like, they place a higher value on sex than I do. You know, and it, I guess maybe it is different for virgins than people like me who had um, better social cohesion with women to the point where I was compatible enough with them where they would want to sleep with me and it was no problem. But, you know... Um, I still stand by, you know, Coach Redpill, Gonzalo Lear being correct that incels are the product of failed fathers. And my dad didn't teach me really anything about women. He just said, just be a nice guy, just be yourself. And that's horrible advice. Um, you know, but from all the dating advice I took, you know, like be masculine, you know, find a feminine woman. And, you know, my goal is to have fun on a date. So that's how that works. And so, you know, uh, you have to read dating books and find out dating for yourself. I'm not a dating coach. I'm not here to pretend that I know everything about it. But when it comes to like our wants and desires, you know, Elliot Rogers and incels were such a good example of like how our wants, if they're stronger than us, can lead us to fixating on things and even bringing out the worst in us because we didn't get them. We become resentful and bitter about it. You know, so that's like the dark side of want. I'm trying to explore both sides of the coin. I already talk a lot about positive things, like when it comes to wanting and desiring something and being your best self and living your best life. Well, when it comes to wanting, there's also a dark side to that too, the other side of the coin. In this episode, I want to explore that side of the coin, the darker side, the glass half empty, where sometimes what we want will bring out the worst in us especially if we don't obtain that thing because we place such a high value on it. 
And like I said, my previous episode, I talk about my framework of how I approach things. And I mentioned, you know, nihilism and existentialism, epistemology and objectivity. And when it comes to like wanting something, it's because we place a lot of value on something. Like take materialistic culture, for example, consumerism. You know, a lot of Americans acquire a lot of stuff they don't need. It's the opposite of minimalism. Because they place value on that. Whether they were taught that and they adopted those beliefs or just because they want stuff. I'm not necessarily talking about hoarding. That's a slightly different issue or perhaps a major different issue with some correlation. But I'm not talking about hoarding. I'm just talking about like owning stuff we don't need. You know, but once we learn to practice minimalism, we learn about the value where it's like we should only keep what we use and brings meaning and value to us and we get rid of the rest. So we learn to regulate, you know, what is valuable to us and what is not. You know, when we don't do that, we're not really sure what we value or we, what we what we should value or what we shouldn't value. So it creates this idea we should have more stuff or something was on sale and we bought because we thought we were getting a deal, but we were just buying something at a cheaper price. You know, so when it comes to like controlling and taming our desires and wants, it's about how much value do we really place on something and why? Or why don't we place value on something and why you know so thinking in terms of value we we determine what we value and we determine what we don't value based off how we reason with things through different perspectives so if we value drinking diet pepsi you know we could choose to devalue that and not value that anymore because we go well you know i haven't really tried anything new so i'm going to try diet coke and place value on that because it's similar and i want to try something new have a new experience it, it could be as simple as that or even with big things like you know i bought this two thousand dollar msi gaming laptop for my projects and content back in 2017 ish it was around 2017 and so you know i bought it because i've already been familiar with windows and i wanted something that would be compatible with the softwares I was familiar with, such as such as Cakewalk, before it was bought out by Band Lab and under Gibson, and they produced Sonar. I'm very familiar with Sonar. I've been using Sonar Cakewalk since 2007. Before that, I was using Acid Music Studio by Sony, um, and I haven't given up Cakewalk Sonar since. And once. In 2017, I think it was Gibson trial, Gibson filed Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Band Lab bought out Cakewalk, and I'm still using Cakewalk Sonar to this day, except they've released it for free. It's basically Sonar Platinum, but for free. But it's kind of buggy and choppy and difficult to use sometimes. And I want, I, I would rather have MacBook problems than Windows problems. So I want to experiment with switching to Mac for a little bit and see how I like it. So I chose to place a higher value on MacBook because of its aesthetic, its screen, and performance, and also available tools for creative projects such as video, audio, and writing. Um, not to say Windows doesn't have, it, have any competitive value. It's very valuable in those areas. However, I like the aesthetic of the MacBook, and I want to try something new. So I deliberately place a higher value on the MacBook when I didn't have to. And so I'm saving up for that. And according to my budget in December, I could buy it potentially if I stick to the budget. 
So we're going to find out. Um, I mean, I, I don't really want to talk about my finances and my podcast all the time, but that was worth bringing up just for the sake of this video. And maybe I'll give an update. I don't know. We're going to find out. Uh, so when it comes to, you know, controlling our desires, we, it, deter, it depends on how we determine the value of something. And we can choose to value something or devalue something to whatever degree, big or small. And so my advice to you is to answer these philosophical questions for yourself. What does it mean to want? What should you want? What shouldn't you want? And should your desires be stronger than you? Or are you stronger than your desires? Or perhaps you have to choose which desires should be stronger than you because they're good for you and other people and which desires should you be stronger than because you're because they're bad for you and other people and that's the food for thought that i'd like to give you today about desire and wanting you know because there's a positive side to that coin and a negative side to that coin so be careful what you wish for it might come true and be careful what you want because it could be the best thing for you and others, or it could be the worst thing for you and others and bring out the worst in you. So please, control your desires and wants, and make sure you value the right things that bring out the best in you and other people.